I'm sure you've heard it. I'm sure you heard it a thousand times before you were pregnant, probably, that being a mother is awfully hard. It is challenging beyond all doubt. And I wanted to get down to the nitty gritty of why. And that's what we're going to talk about in this episode. Are you panicking thinking about bringing your baby home from the hospital? Have you no idea how to change a diaper, nurse a baby, or use a snot sucker? Or do you find yourself constantly fighting over everything with your partner? Welcome to the New Mom Matchback Podcast, the show where we help you find out how to reduce your anxiety, strengthen your relationship, and take care of yourself along with baby. So reheat that lukewarm coffee and get ready to enjoy being nap trapped while we find your confidence. In postpartum. My goal of this podcast is to embrace the naturopathic principle of docere, which means to teach. I really want you to learn practical advice on how to actually improve your postpartum experience, but this does not replace the use of your own personal physician. Any and all medical advice should be done and taken through the careful and personal decisions of your medical doctor. Can I let you in on a little secret? You're probably spending way too much time preparing for labor and not enough time preparing for postpartum. Postpartum is a zillion times longer, and I want to help you with it. So check out my free training at www.thenewmomnaturopath.com. That's thenewmomnaturopath.com. It's a 40-minute training that helps you prepare for postpartum with confidence. So today on the New Mom Naturopath Podcast, we're going to be talking about how and why being a mother is so hard. I wanted to figure out the through line of why everyone kind of feels that motherhood and parenting, having a newborn, or just being a mom in general is so hard. And um, it's really hard to describe and it's really hard to see when you're in like having before you have the baby, when you're in that postpartum like fog, it's really hard to see what the real through line is. And afterwards, in hindsight, it's so much easier to look back and go, oh, that's why that was hard. (laughs) You know it's going to be hard. You know that postpartum is going to be difficult. And you've heard a thousand times before that being a parent is the hardest job ever. But what does that even mean? But I also kind of want to challenge you on this podcast because you don't have to have these as hardships. And these are not all, all of these are mindset driven mostly with a few caveats. I'm not going to say that it's easy to, to shift your mindset around these things, but every single one of these has a component that you can choose another thought and choose another way of thinking. So I wanted to give this as a podcast to say, yes, motherhood's hard. Yes, these things are common uh, occurrences in our society, and they're often listed as a automatic negative and also a guarantee. Like, it's like a, it's an automatic thing. You're never going to not have it. Like, that's just how it is. (laughs) And I just want to, I want to challenge you on that. So the first one is... Losing your sense of self or not having any time for you. Now, for the first couple months, this first three months, that is a thousand percent true. And there's not really a way for you to prioritize yourself 
outside of a little one. Because you and that baby are physiologically connected in a lot of ways. Um, your connection and your, their, your touch of them changes your physiology. It changes their physiology in very tangible, measurable ways. And then on top of that, you're both learning and growing at an exponential pace that you've never had to learn before. No one else is going to be at that level. No one. Not even your partner. There's literally no one who's going to have that claim to you. But as soon as you're kind of over that flow, you both have started to like cool down on the learning spectrum, you more than them, because um, they were like growing at exponential pace for years. But once you've kind of adapted that, that's one of those moments where it's like, okay, it's time to take care of, of me. And if we're really being serious in all of motherhood, you can't give from an empty cup. And so you have to set boundaries with yourself and boundaries with the people around you to be able to make time for yourself. And I say this as a mom who has three jobs and I'm trying to launch, I'm trying to get this podcast going and I have a coaching program. Like I have a lot on my plate. Yes, I do get the privilege of daycare right now. I have a lot on my plate and I still make time for myself. I still make time to journal and to cook meals that are healthy for me. I still make time to process my own needs because if I don't, I'm not a good mother to Ryan. I can't show up for my son. And so I question this. Now, does that mean I get hours and hours of a morning routine? Like I get four hours of a morning routine where I go and do an ice bath, a, a cold shower, a, a sauna treatment, and then a run. A, a, a 40 mile run. Oh God. Sounds awful. All of that sounds awful. But no, I don't. I don't. I get maybe like five minutes here, five minutes there, two minutes there where it's just about me. And I get to take the time during, you know, the toothbrushing moment where I get to actually brush my teeth without a toddler at my knees or the five minutes before I set him down to go to bed and I go to straighten up the living room. I take those five minutes to journal down, like what I ate in the day, what it made me feel like, what I plan to do for the, for tomorrow, how I feel in the moment, little tiny things. I make sure I take time to shower. Sometimes that doesn't happen as regularly as I want, but it does happen because I have to make it happen. <laughs> I make time in my life for me because I have to. And so if you have the idea that you have no time for yourself, you have no space, no room, no boundaries, then it kind of puts you at the limiting factor. It means that that's your priority instead of you being a priority first. Now, I had a lot of people say like, well, my kids are always there. They're always around me. They're always hanging around me. And I get it. That's like a, probably a true statement for a lot of mothers. What I would recommend you go and listen to Systemize Your Life. Um, there is an episode on there regarding how to get your kids to play on their own, even as little kids. And it was really helpful for me to be like, oh, this is how you teach them to not always be in your bubble, not always needing you all the time, and to put those boundaries in place. Because you have to place the boundaries. You can't just expect them to not be in your bubble. But that that's a great podcast. I will link it in the show notes, the specific podcast, and awesome. Like In general, her podcast is amazing. The second one is mom guilt, and I thought this was funny because it was 
It was a very common thing. And when I would ask people, what about motherhood makes you feel guilty? Not a single person could pinpoint like the exact thing about motherhood that makes them feel guilty. They just put motherhood. And I would ask them, all right, what about it? Just the whole thing. And I get that in society, we have a lot of things pulling our name. We've got the job, the mom, like being the, the mom giving me direct attention, playing attention. We've got the chores. We've got the personal desire to, to have a sense of self, to, a sense of who we are, and then ability to take care of ourselves. And there's all these things that mesh, mesh together. But I still hold true to the fact that me feeling guilty and feeling shame is me choosing to believe a thought that probably isn't true or is just a thought and not a fact. And I say this with love. Like, yes, is it, would it be amazing if I could give a thousand percent of my attention to my child at all times? Yes, but that's not a realistic picture. And me feeling guilty about not being able to do that when I have so many things on my plate is not a useful way for me to work through life. It doesn't help me to have that thought. So when I start to think, oh my God, I'm not doing the right thing by going and journaling right now. He needs someone to play with him. Or I'm not doing the right thing because I'm choosing to watch TV instead of going and playing with the blocks with him. Like whatever the thing, whatever the emotion that I'm trying to get rid of, I immediately start to do that how to handle your emotions worksheet from Corinne Crabtree. Uh, I talked about this in the how to handle your emotions in postpartum episode a few couple episodes back. I think it was episode, they're not labeled as numbers, but it's called how to manage your emotions in postpartum. And it's an amazing um, structure for how to get yourself to do that. Now, do I think you should tangibly write things down? It's helpful. I do like doing things physically and getting it on paper is really helpful. But a lot of times in postpartum, you don't have time for that. So what I would recommend is doing like a voice to text app, like um, voice recorder. I'll link it in the show notes of the one I use. And that makes it so that you can journal and you can get it out on paper, but you're not having to actually physically write. You have the information written out of your brain and into a tangible piece of paper that you can, or technology that you can do. But you also can text on your phone app when you're, ch- when you're stuck in nap trap moments because A lot of times for me, the mom guilt would show up in those moments where I was snuggling with my son in a nap trap section (laughs) where I just wanted to go do the dishes, right? Well, did I want to do the dishes? No, but I wanted to get chores done. I wanted to make sure that I had a clean home. I wanted to go get dressed or take a shower or all the things that are normal desires for a human to want to do, to want to have. And I found myself feeling guilty because in that moment I was holding my son and I wasn't cherishing every second because this doesn't last forever and it goes by so fast and all of the cliches that run in through your mind. And in that moment, I would have to write down all the reasons why it's normal for me to feel this way, all the reasons why it is normal to want to do things and not just sit on my butt and hold my baby. It's normal to want to put him down. It's normal to be irritated that he won't lay down on his own. It's normal that he'll get mad when I put him in a carrier and he just wants to snuggle on the couch. Like, it's all normal feelings. And the facts are the dishes aren't done. The dishes need to be done. The, I need a shower. Like, that is a fact. I'm just like, I'm like I know I need a shower because I can smell it. Like, that sort of thing happens in postpartum all the time. And so the next best thought is, it's okay for me to not like this feeling. It's okay for me to be mad 
that I'm stuck on a couch when I really, really, really have all kinds of things to do. It's normal to not love the boring, boring moments or the small moments of postpartum. It's okay for me to not like snuggling with my son all the time. It's okay for me to like it a little bit for a little bit of time and then to be like, I'm done. Like, this is a lot. The other thing, the, the, the fourth thing that people find to be really challenging is hormonal or emotional changes that happen as soon as baby comes. And this is really challenging no matter what, <laughs> how good you are at managing your emotions because it's not, it doesn't make sense. Like it makes zero sense. But it, the very fact that it makes zero sense is why it's so normal. It's like you could have a thousand people explain to you what happens in postpartum. I could tell you exactly what happens in your postpartum experience, all the hormones, the physiological changes from your brain down to your toes. And in fact, I did in the podcast, knowing what happens to your body in postpartum, go ahead and go to that episode. It's an amazing resource for you to figure out exactly what happens to your body. But this is really hard to handle. And so I want you to be open to the idea that it is a challenge. Um, I think I also talked about how to handle this in the podcast on th last Thursday about learning how to plan for loneliness. And I think you could use the same tools there, talking with family members, talking with your husband about what you're going through and explain to them, like, it makes no logical sense, but this is how I feel and this is what my body's doing and I can't control this. And so me being irritated with you for no reason or me not liking the smell of your shampoo, like, is totally part of the postpartum world and I'm going to not be okay and I need you to be okay with the fact that I won't be okay until this whole thing settles down which may be in three months and maybe in three years so I'm sorry um and I can't deny that this is not the case but I, I can't tell you that you, you you're gonna muscle through this that's not what I want you to do I want you to plan for it I want you to feel like you have control over the ability that you knew this was coming and you had resources. So what do you like to do when you're emotional and want to cry? You, it's okay for you to have moments where you're like, all right, my body wants to cry. I'm just going to cry. I'm going to sit here, hold my baby, rock on the rocking chair, have tissues ready, and I'm going to cry. For me, I have a rule in the house, and I've had this since I met my husband. We don't watch dog videos. We do not watch dog videos. I could watch 9-11, I can watch, like, the most horrific movies that are super sad, I cannot watch a dog die, like, I just can't do it, except for when I need a really good cry, like, my husband will know that something's wrong when there is a movie like Marley and Me on screen, but that is what I needed in postpartum, so I'd put the movie Marley and Me on, I knew I would cry, another movie that I know I cry to is, um, Sister out of the traveling pants. That just gets me. Bailey gets me every time. I just every time. And then um <laughs> and then also the last thing is Call of the Midwife. That one will get you. Like it'll get you. It's just so beautiful and it makes me cry every time um I rewatch the series and it's, it's so good. Anyway. But I put on things that I know will make me cry because I know that crying, not only is it really good for helping me release the emotions be okay with how my body is in the moment, but it also releases oxytocin, which is a really good hormone for um, contracting the uterus down to its original shape, which would help with the, be the belly pouch, and then also getting um, 
your ability to produce milk and having the letdown effect is super important. And then it's also a bonding hormone. So it helps you bond with your new one and helps you bond with your infant so that you're able to have that connection. And so I let those things happen. I didn't try to fight them. And when I was happy and it made no sense for me to be happy, I let myself be happy. I let myself feel those feelings of joy that I couldn't explain, that I couldn't, like I couldn't contain it. It's like I, and or that love and passion I had for my child it was just so intense and like nothing I'd ever experienced in my life. I let it happen because while it doesn't make any logical sense, it doesn't make any like it shouldn't be normal that I feel this way. It is a thousand percent normal, and so I let myself know ahead of time this was how I was gonna feel, and I had an action plan in place for when I was gonna feel those feelings and what I was gonna do instead of just trying to push through and do things I didn't really have the ability to do in that moment. And then finally, being the default parent. And this is something that definitely happens after postpartum, but postpartum, that's a lie. I just lied. Postpartum is a lot of of mom. Like I can't, we talk about splitting work equal 50-50, but postpartum is a lot of mom. Um, Physiologically, that baby has been attached to mom like physically, I'm like putting my hands together, like physically attached and blood had to be like spilled for that baby to come out of mama, like pulled apart. Like we had to cut them from mama. Like that's like the reality. Is that a normal physiological thing? Yes. Is that totally mean that dad is an important figure in that baby's life in postpartum? No, but If we're talking about what is evolutionarily there, talking about the fact that baby was attached, that for normal physiology, mama creates milk. We have modern advancements that allow us to not have to do that, but normal, a way that if we didn't have those resources, mama would be the sole source of nutrition for that baby. And so it's kind of silly to think that you're not going to be the default parent in postpartum. And I, and I feel like that's kind of why postpartum is really hard for dad is because it's like, I want to help. I want to provide support, but I don't know what to do because you got this like major part. And if they can feed the baby, it's a little bit, it's a little different, but at the same time, baby wants mama. Baby just wants mama. Like so bad. It's like like a real thing. And then when you move farther and farther away from postpartum, that line really does deviate. And then once you do wean a child, that definitely does deviate as well. And I don't know necessarily how that changes based on formula feeding, but I, I still think that that connection and that bond, especially while mom is healing and baby is doing that like exponential growth, you'll be the default parent. And that is hard. It is hard to be wanted all the time. It is hard to be needed all the time. It is hard to be needed and wanted so much so that when you leave, they cry bloody murder. It's really hard. And it's okay for that to be hard. As stated in the last thing, I prepare myself for that. And then moving forward, I will create the boundaries of how to get father to be more involved and to have more default perspective on what's going on. And in our house, we do have meetings of like, I'm going to be doing this job and you're going to be doing that job. And we have, we have weekly meetups of being like dividing the task. That's not always possible. 
It's not always possible. Most of the time, and I'm going to say like 80% of the time, the tasks of parenthood fall on me because my husband is working. And it's not as I, and I'm working too, but I don't have the same strict schedule and I don't have the overall, I don't want to say overall pressure because a lot of what I do is pressure filled, but it's just different. And I've also adopted and wanted to take on that role. If I did not want to take on that role, you bet your bottom dollar I'd be discussing it with my partner and having a way to equalize our our attachments to that. Um, I'm going to mention Systemize Your Life because that has been a really great way for me to handle balancing work and mom life and still find time to do the laundry and do the dishes and figure out how to clean the house even though it's a disaster right now. I'm gonna get go. I, I went and got groceries this morning. That was a success. <laughs> it was uh I dropped my son off super early at daycare because of daylight savings and we were up at 4 30. So I got a lot done this morning. Yay! <laughs> Postpartum and being a mother is super hard. It's really hard. There's a lot that has to happen. There's a lot of things that will be difficult. And your challenges will be different than mine, will be different than Susie down the street. You won't have everything correct. You won't do everything right. And instead of it just being you who gets to feel the brunt of your mistakes, your mistakes affect a human. And that's a really hard thing to bear. I think the biggest thing here, and the message I want to get home, is you are in control, even if you feel like you're out of control. And you can create a sense of control in this postpartum period by changing the way you look at things and asking the right questions so that you can change the plan. If you have any questions, please give me a message on Instagram. You can find me at Dr. Galloway, Dr. Kaylin Galloway. And um, it would really, 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 really help me out if you left a review on Apple Podcasts. So if you could please do that, I know that 80% of you are listening on Apple Podcasts. So please scroll down and write a review. It'll take you like 30 seconds and it would help me immensely to reach more moms. I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to the New Mom Naturopath Podcast. I really hope you learned something and grew during this episode. If you could leave me a podcast review on Apple Podcasts, that'd be so helpful for me. If you have any questions, email me at admin at the new mom naturopath.com.